1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: It's important for each new generation to learn how the Lord has worked on behalf of the previous generation. It's important for us to share our own story of redemption with our children and our grandchildren. You don't have to share all the gory details of how you were a serial killer and all of those things. But you do want to communicate what God has done in your life.
1: Are you sharing your story of redemption with your children? Teaching kids about all the Bible stories is important, but we can sometimes forget to share our own stories with them. In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to tell the next generation about how God transformed your life. Your story has power, and it can connect the truth of Jesus and what he's done with a person your kids see every day. They don't know what you were like before Christ. Let them know how he's changed your life. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: The theme of the book of Exodus is redemption. God's redemption of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt. It is the greatest miracle in the Old Testament. And the Exodus points to the redemption we have in Jesus Christ. Through his death on the cross, Jesus has redeemed us from our bondage to sin. The Bible says... We were all slaves to sin. Sin controlled our lives. And Jesus Christ set us free from that bondage through his death and resurrection. Jesus is the Passover lamb, the Bible says, who takes away the sins of the world. And as you may recall, the king of Egypt refused to let the children of Israel go. And so the Lord God sent a series of 10 plagues upon the land of Egypt. And remember, Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh? That I should obey his voice. I don't know Yahweh. And through these ten plagues, the Lord, Yahweh, is showing Pharaoh and us who he is. He is God Almighty, the one and only true God. The Lord Uh, targeted the gods of Egypt through these plagues. That is, each plague was a direct defeat of one of the gods the Egyptians put their trust in. The plagues showed that the Egyptian gods were powerless and not really gods and not worth putting your trust in. And we've already looked at the first seven plagues. In our last study. Uh, The first plague, as you recall, God turned the water of the Nile River into blood. The second plague, God caused frogs to invade the land. Remember that? They had frogs in their beds and in their kneading bowls and in their ovens. With the third plague, God sent lice upon the land, biting insects. With the fourth plague, God sent flies upon the land, swarming insects. And with The fourth plague, God made a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Remember, the Israelites were living in an area of Egypt known as Goshen. And beginning with the fourth plague, God did not send the plagues to the land where the Israelites lived. Back in chapter 8, verse 22, I'll just read it to you. In that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am Yahweh in the midst of the land. And so from the fourth plague on, the plagues will only affect the Egyptians, again demonstrating beyond a doubt that this is the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh. It's not a coincidence now. That's clear. The fifth plague was pestilence on all the livestock and domesticated animals of the Egyptians. All of their livestock died in a single day. The sixth plague was boils on the Egyptian people. And the seventh plague was hail on the land of the Egyptians. And again, each of these plagues were a direct defeat of an Egyptian god. And for you students of the Bible, I know some of you are, for you students of the Bible, you should note that for most of the ten plagues that God sent upon Egypt, there is a similar plague in the book of Revelation. And the plagues in the book of Revelation will impact the entire world during the tribulation period. Remember, I mentioned, I think, last time that Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And the Bible, and Egypt is a type of the world. And Revelation has the same plagues taking place during the tribulation period. Revelation, that tribulation period, is the final exodus, the final victory over Satan. And you can check that out for yourself and look at the different judgments that you find in the book of Revelation, and you'll see that many of them parallel the judgments that came upon Egypt in the book of Exodus. So now we come to chapter 10, and we come to the eighth and the ninth plagues in chapter 10. The eighth plague is a plague of locusts, and the ninth plague is a plague of darkness. Look at verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, go in to Pharaoh, For I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants that I may show these signs of mine before him and that, look what it says in verse 2, that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them that you may know that I am the Lord, that you may know that I am Yahweh. And so we see here at the end of verse 2 that the purpose of the plagues, and in this case specifically the plague of locusts, was not really to change Pharaoh's mind or change Pharaoh's heart, but so that the children of Israel would know Yahweh. Look at the end of verse 2 again, that you may know that I am the Lord. This is why I'm doing this. For the sake of the Israelites, so that they would know the Lord. And he tells them, he tells Moses, the Israelites were to tell their children and their children's children, their grandchildren, of the mighty things the Lord did for them to deliver them from Egypt. And the plagues and the redemption of Israel from Egypt shall always be part of the collective memory of the Israelites forever. The Exodus is the defining event for the Jewish people. Even to this day, they still celebrate and remember the Exodus. And here the Lord tells Moses that they shall teach each generation about God's deliverance of their people from Egypt This instruction is repeated again over in chapter 12. If you want to turn to chapter 12 with me, in verse 21, this is after the Lord has given Moses the instructions regarding the Passover, and in verse 21, chapter 12, verse 21, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, "...pick out and take lambs for yourselves, according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lentil and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning." For the Lord, notice the Lord Yahweh, will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. I can't wait for us to actually go through that chapter and talk all about that. I'm restraining myself right now. It's, you know, fruit of the spirit is self-control. Verse 24, you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Verse 25, it will come to pass when you come into the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. You shall keep the Passover every year. Verse 26, and it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service that you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households so the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so. And so he says here, when you're dwelling in the land and your children ask you, What does all of this mean? What does all of this represent? You're to tell your children the story of how God delivered your people out of slavery, out of bondage, and brought you into the land. Look over in chapter 13, verse 8. We see it again. Chapter 13, verse 8. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt, look down at verse fourteen, so it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, "What is this that you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt out of the house of bondage, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts, therefore I sacrifice to the Lord." All males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And it shall be a sign on your hands and on the frontlets between your eyes.
1: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive
2: prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks,
1: Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
2: Here he instructs the Israelites to teach this to your children. Tell your children. Tell your grandchildren. I love chapter 13, verse 8. This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. Remember, Egypt is a picture. It's a type of the world. And so you're telling your kids. They're to tell their kids. This is how God delivered me. I remember this day because this is the day in our history that God delivered me from the world and from my slavery to sin. The Jewish people, they continue to remember this. They continue to remember their redemption from slavery in Egypt through the Passover celebration every year. And I would say to us, what's the application? The application is this. It's important for each new generation to learn how the Lord has worked on behalf of the previous generation. It's important for us to share our own story of redemption with our children and our grandchildren. You don't have to share all the gory details of how you were a serial killer and all of those things. But you do want to communicate what God has done in your life. And how God has delivered you. And how you were a slave in Egypt. You were a slave to your sin. Living in this world. And Jesus Christ delivered you. And he set you free. And he brought you into a fruitful, abundant, blessed life. And communicate to your children and your grandchildren the times that God has worked in your life and in your family, the times that God has provided for you, the times that God has answered prayers for you and for your family so that your children will know how God has worked in your family and how God has worked in your life, and your children will know that God is real, that God is real. It's not just some religious thing we do every Sunday and our parents make us go to church. Why are we going to church? But no, we go to church every Sunday, every Thursday. We read the Bible. We pray because our God is real. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter. Let me share with you a little bit about how I used to be before I knew Jesus Christ. And how he came into my life and he opened my eyes and he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I was a slave to sin. And he set me free, son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter. Let me tell you how God answered prayers for us in the past and what he did and how he's worked. We want to communicate that to our kids and our grandkids. Psalm 78 says, Tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, so that each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. That's why you want to do it so that your kids and your grandkids would set their hope anew on God, just like you did at some point in the past. And so we want to communicate that faith to our children. And here in chapter 10, that's what the Lord instructs Moses to do. Tell it to your son and your son's sons. Tell it to your kids and your grandkids. The mighty things I have done in Egypt how I delivered you, how I set you free supernaturally. Look at verse 3. And so Moses and Aaron came in to Pharaoh and said to him, thus says Yahweh, God of the Hebrews. Look what he says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Moses is getting bold, isn't he? Let my people go that they may serve me. Pharaoh refused to humble himself before the Lord. He was prideful. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And Pharaoh's issue was pride. He just refused to bend the knee to God. Look at verse 4. Or else, again, we've seen that phrase before. You never want God to say that to you. Or else. If you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth. There'll be so many of them on the ground, you can't even see the dirt. And they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail. Remember uh, with the previous plague of hail, the hail destroyed everything, or most everything, destroyed the crops. And now he's saying, the locusts are going to come and they're going to eat what's left. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the houses of all your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And Moses turned and went out from Pharaoh. He didn't wait for an answer from Pharaoh. The locusts will devour what little bit is left standing in the land of Egypt. Now, locust invasions into Egypt were actually kind of uncommon in Egypt. Swarms of locusts did not invade the land of Egypt very often because of the geography of Egypt and where their crops were located. They had desert on each side. They had kind of this narrow strip of green along the Nile River and desert on each side. And so locusts typically didn't come into the agricultural areas of Egypt. In fact, if you look down at verse 13, we get a clue of this. And verse 13 So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. So this wind coming from the east, coming from the desert, it blows these locusts into the land of Egypt. And it says the east wind blew all day and all night, showing that the locusts came from a great distance. And this plague shows just the omnipotence of God. The omnipotence of God over nature, over wind, over the locusts, over the crops. He is showing that he is Lord of all the earth. And the locust invasion, he tells us here, this will be the worst locust plague Egypt has ever experienced in their history. You know, in in the Bible, uh, locusts are often a symbol of God's judgment uh, we also see locusts as a symbol of an invading army that destroys the land swiftly. Armies are often described as a swarm of locusts. In Joel chapter 1, the tribulation that is to come upon the earth is described as a locust invasion that will devour the whole earth. And so he warns him here, the next plague, it's going to be locusts, and then he leaves he doesn't wait for an answer. Then verse 7, then Pharaoh's servants, watch this, Pharaoh's servants, his advisors, said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Pharaoh's own advisors tried to persuade Pharaoh to let the Israelites go because the nation of Egypt is destroyed. This is brave of Pharaoh's advisors to do, to speak up and challenge Pharaoh like this and challenge his decisions like this. But they are willing to speak up at this point because the nation was in a desperate situation here. The nation is almost completely destroyed. Now, previous to the plagues, Egypt, as you know, was the most powerful wealthiest nation in the world. You know, it is believed by many that all of the plagues, the ten plagues, uh, only took about a year. Okay, so in a year's time, maybe two years' time, uh, maybe less than a year, the nation of Egypt went from being the most powerful, prosperous, wealthiest nation in the world to complete ruin all because of the decisions of the Pharaoh. This is an example of a nation being destroyed by the decisions and choices of its leader. It's reached the point that Pharaoh's own advisors are kind of turning against him and telling him, you need to change your policy and you need to save what's left of the nation because the nation is in ruins because of the decisions you've made for our nation. Talking about Egypt here. You can make your own applications with that.
3: He asked me how I know I say than the finest crystal.
1: Did you know that Ring of Truth is a listener-supported ministry aimed to bring you God's word wherever you're at? Whether you're at home or on the road, we're here to help you grow in your faith. You love to stay connected through social media? Find us on Facebook. Listen to us on iTunes and our podcast. There are numerous other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Ring of Truth. All you have to do is go to CalvaryEC.com to get started. Our mission and vision and what we believe can be found on our website as well. In case you didn't catch that website, it's CalvaryEC.com. Ring of Truth is a radio ministry that comes to you from Columbia, Maryland. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. For those of you who aren't morning people, we also have a Sunday afternoon service at 12.30 p.m. Or you're welcome to come Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Take your pick, but please, come if you're in the area. Did you know that live stream is available for those unable to attend in person? For all of our long-distance listeners, we hope you'll utilize this tool to stay connected Pastor Dan has been teaching from the book of Exodus, and he's not done yet. Be sure to come back again as he continues pulling nuggets from this Old Testament book. Thanks for staying tuned in today to Ring of Truth. I see the
3: signs and I recognize